Danny J. And I'm Jill Coleman. Welcome to the Best Life Podcast. Here, we talk about everything from success, money, relationships, and entrepreneurship to productivity, honest communication, positive psychology, and how to cultivate an abundance mindset. Make money, travel the world, deepen your relationships, live full out. This is the best life. All right, we're here. It's Easter Sunday. We are searching for eggs. Are we? No. Are we hunting for eggs? I mean, you know what I, I really ate, wish we I had? I ate an egg. but We did. We went to brunch. But I really do wish that we had a... Uh, I wish we had many Reese's peanut butter eggs. Oh, my God. Those are so good. I actually bought some not too long ago. Yeah. What? Just like for fun. But they weren't on sale. I should buy them now when they're all on sale. And then also, um, I'm a, a fan of Cadbury cream eggs. Ew. See, gross. I know, I knew it was polarizing. I knew that there was going to be some sort of reaction. So fucking disgusting. I'm a fan. They're so sweet. They what, like burn your tongue. What when the you fuck eat them. is in them? It's not it's caramel. Sugar. It's straight sugar, yeah, and it literally burns your tongue when you eat that cream inside. So good. That's interesting. I love the commercials. They looked good. I remember watching yes. the commercials and wanting one, and then I got one, and I was like, Bleh. How can you say this? Chocolate <laughs> and what, sugar. What about Peeps though? Yeah, I'll fuck with peeps. Peeps for are sure. Fun. You yeah. know what my dad does? Peeps this are also <laughs> polarizing. People are like, they're gross. I'm like, it's straight sugar. How could it be gross? But I think the pink ones are a little more gross. I think there's something in the red food coloring. Oh, no, yellow all the way. I mean, yeah, for sure. For like, sure, yellow peeps. So my dad does this weird thing. He buys marshmallows, like a bag of the fatty ones, and he'll put them in a bowl, and then he just puts the bowl on top of the fridge for like two weeks and lets them dry out. And it sounds really gross, but they're actually, they taste more like the marshmallows in Lucky Charms. They're kind of like hard. Oh. So he eats, like, my dad's thing is stale marshmallows, and they're actually really good. So, like, you chew them, and they're kind of, like, hard, and but they're better that way. So, I think if you take Peeps, leave them out for, like, two weeks. I think they'd be really good. I don't know. That sounds disgusting. I'm going to try it. <laughs> I'm a big fan. I'm a, I'm a fan of the Easter candy, but this actually ties into today's episode because we got um, a couple of questions, um, a handful of questions for you guys when we told you we were batch recording. We're here in LA. Um, and this is Jill, by the way. This is Danny J. Hello. Um, and I thought this was a good question, and it's particularly a good question to answer on Easter Sunday. It says, this is from Erica. She says, I would love for you to talk about the evolution of your spirituality slash religious beliefs, which I feel like this is great for us because I feel like mm. both of us grew up in a fairly religious household and have religious history. Mm-hmm. But I don't want to speak for you, but I feel like both of us aren't <laughs> religious anymore. No. I mean, I guess spirituality is a little bit different, but also I have some th- some words on that as well. Yeah, this is really good because we both grew up in a religious home and different religions. Yep. And I think it definitely, I think it definitely, however you're raised, it, it affects how you see the world. It affects what you do. It affects a lot of things. So I think religion, of course, paints how you see the world growing up. I think yep. it paints a lot of things. So I think it's a great conversation. I want to caveat this whole conversation with whatever you believe that's, you know, on you, my, my, uh, experience of my personal religion, whether you are still in that or not is, this is just my experience. So whatever I share is going to be my experience, my beliefs, my whatever. Um, but yeah, I'm excited to talk about it because it definitely, I, I think 
probably more than anything has shaped how I see the world yep. because it was from the very beginning and my family still is in the religion. So yeah, it's really interesting. Um, and I agree with that. I definitely want to caveat that as well and just say like, you know, I think it's really easy if you are not religious to sort of like judge religion and be like, Oh, like, you know, I think cause you know, we live in Los Angeles, we live in a, in Las Vegas. I feel like a lot of people are very against organized religion mm. here, mm-hmm. especially in like, I don't know. I feel like in cities it's more, more yeah. likely. Um, so it's really easy to sort of like go into just being like, Oh, that like, we believe that thing. It's so fake, whatever. Um, but I do want to say that both of us were fairly religious growing up. In fact, I don't know. I think I've said this before on the podcast. I was, I went to an all girls Catholic high school and growing up, we just went to church every Sunday. So I grew up Catholic and grew up in Boston, big Irish Catholic family. And we went to church every Sunday and I kind of just did what kids do when you go to church. You just sort of like, you know, zone out, whatever, (laughs) try and get through it. And like, you hate it. But then once I got into high school, and I went to a Catholic school, I actually had this moment, I think it was like actually before I went to high school, it was in eighth grade, seventh, eighth grade. I had a friend of mine who I hadn't talked to in a while. And she was like, I found Jesus. And I was like, interesting. Where this was is, he? Um, yeah, this is my my friend Kelly at the time. And she had had this whole like thing where even, she grew up Catholic too, but all of a sudden she was like, I have a relationship with Jesus. And I was like, I have no idea what that means. Mm. And I was like, I kind of like laughed. I was like, are you kidding? Like it kind of didn't seem cool at the time, right? I'm like, I don't know, 13 years old. Um, and she was like, no, like really, like I feel like, you know, I, I, it's like enriched my life and whatever she said at the time. And I was like, interesting. So that was like... F- like to have someone who I really respected kind of say that I was like, Oh, maybe. And then when I got into Catholic high school, um, there was just a lot more opportunities to do things within the church. So I ended up becoming a CCD teacher, which is like a Sunday school for like the little kids. Um, and I went part of our curriculum was we had to go to a religion class. So it was like Bible study and like all these kind of things you had to learn about the sacraments and you had to learn about, you know, uh, we had a class called moral relativism and understanding sort of morality and I ended up getting very into Catholicism to the point where I got confirmed. I was already had like my first Holy Communion, got confirmed, which is another sacrament. And I became what's called a Eucharistic minister, which is someone who literally gives out the the wafers at church, right? Of course, we call it the body of Christ. And I would give out the wine, which of course is the blood of Christ. And I would be like 16 years old, like at these, at mass, giving out the sacrament, And it lasted all the way through and I can't explain it. I think at the time it really gave me a sense of safety. Like Mm. I feel like a lot of religion does for people where you just go, there's someone looking out for me. There's someone up there or out there or someone. And you know, a lot of the Catholicism is like, Jesus is your best friend. God loves you, like whatever. And I think I really needed that in my teens. And it was almost kind of cool to be religious in my high school. Um, And so... But the problem was that sort of towards the end of that time, I started to feel like there was a lot of, um, what's the word? Uh, a lot of like hypocritical, like being hypocritical mm. yep. because I saw it in myself. I remember just starting to make decisions based on stuff like, will I go to heaven or hell? based on this decision. And I felt like even as a, a young person feeling like this doesn't feel healthy to think everything I'm doing, am I going to heaven or hell? And I don't know, I didn't like that. And I also started to see like I was going out with my friends, I was doing like normal teenage stuff, drinking, whatever. And then I would show up at mass the next morning. 
and be like literally giving out the body of Christ to people. And I was like hung over. And I, and I don't know if you guys know this, but if you, if you're giving out the wine at church and it, they don't finish it, it's in a chalice, right? So everyone drinks from the same chalice. And if it, they don't finish it, you have to go and you have to drink it in the back little <laughs> room because yeah. you, it's the blood of Christ. You can't pour it down the thing. No. And I remember I was like hung over and I'd be like drinking the blood of Christ. <laughs> chug this wine in the back. And I'd be like, oh, like whatever. And so I just started noticing these things and I was like, I don't want to feel like this stuff is wrong. I feel like everyone's doing it. I feel like it doesn't make me a bad person. And so when I went to college, I remember I just would go um, to church like maybe the first month or two of college and then that was it. I was just done with it. And so, and it wasn't like I was like, fuck the Catholic church. I was just literally like, that's not relevant for me anymore. And it just switched off like that. So there wasn't like a one moment one thing it was just cumulative where I was like yeah. this doesn't feel healthy to be to be thinking like this even at the time I had this like the idea that it's so uh, so much um dual like polarity like yes. you're either good or you're bad you're right or you're wrong like I, I think something about that never sat well for me were were your parents very no. much encouraging or like this is the way I it was is? I was way more religious than them Re- way more religious than them. Yeah, and they were surprised, I think, at how religious yeah. I became. And then for whatever reason, you know, and they had more time. And I guess I just also felt not embarrassed, but I think I had this moment in my early 20s, mid 20s, where I was like kind of, I started identifying where religious people maybe weren't independent thinkers because I wasn't mm. at that time. I just took it all on like it was fact where I didn't, wasn't questioning things. I wasn't thinking about what I really want. I was taking on this very like old, I felt like at the time, old belief system. You know, my grandmother went to church every like three times a week. And I just was feeling like, oh, I was almost not brainwashed, but I was feeling like this yep. isn't like an up-to-date. Mm-hmm. I, I wasn't a fully formed, independent thinking adult yep. when I just kind of took on the Bible as, as uh, you know, fact. Yeah. Oh, it's so interesting. There's so many layers with religion and I know it's a sensitive topic too. So it's, I'm glad we're talking about it actually. Um, There's been this new, I don't know if I want to call it trend, but deconstruction. I've seen the word. I never knew this word before. I wish I did because while I was quote deconstructing probably back in my early twenties, I wish there was more support around it because I think when you're brought up a certain way, believe a certain way and everyone around you believes a certain way to go outside of those thoughts, to have independent thoughts, to have questions, it can be uh, isolating. It can be alienating. There's a lot of religions that don't encourage you to have independent thoughts or to question. There's mm. some religions that do, but mm-hmm. there many of them are like, this is what we believe. This is why we believe it. And if you question it, what's wrong with you? It means there's something wrong. With I like, mean, I think that's the, Satan the, telling the you. baseline of religion is you just believe it's faith, right? Yes. There's no evidence. Yes. But you believe that you'll be rewarded by just mm-hmm. believing yes. without necessarily having physical mm-hmm. evidence. Mm-hmm. Uh, I have a like some of my story is similar. Some of it very different from yours. I think the type of religion is very similar. Uh, I think there's a lot of, of evangelical religions, uh, Juda- Judaism, Catholicism, Mormonism, uh baptized like baptist religions there's a lot of them that are very similar you know like the (laughs) my dog is humping (laughs) speaking of you know actually speaking of this so sexual stuff yeah so a lot of sexual shame for me that's that was like a big piece for me to get over sitting here watching my dog hump a stuffed animal i remember actually jill and i had a conversation yesterday she was like when did you start masturbating right i was like i think it was like three and i was humping a stuffed animal 
And my mom caught me and she told me how bad it was and how wrong it was. But how would a three-year-old know? Like, why is that? And this goes into like the story of me starting to question, to start to question if, if a child, a toddler feels, thinks like something feels good and they're being told it's, that's the devil, that's Satan, that's something wrong. But how would they, how would a three-year-old know that? How does a dog know? Like you shouldn't be humping that fake llama, but it feels good to them. Right. They're not going to hell because they're humping a (laughs) toy. (laughs) She's chewing on a box. She's dominating. uh, She's dominating the llama. (laughs) But you know, that is, I remember I started masturbating in high school and I remember think, I remember feeling so guilty every time. Yes. Like I'd wait, like I'd do it before bed and I'd wake up the next morning and be like, oh, I can't believe I did that. Jesus is, I'm going to hell. Like literally I'm going to hell. Yes. So that can't, I feel like sexual shame can't be healthy. (sighs) That's I think one of the, the parts of religion that, I detest the most. And I think it fucks people up the most. Yeah. And I think it also... We had Germanic. Ca- I mean, and I think it actually causes a lot of sexual issues. Like, I think it causes people to rape and molest. And to, I think, like, the shame yeah. turns into this weird thing that suddenly, you, because you can't have it, you want it. I think it causes a lot. Personally, I believe that. So I got caught masturbating when I was, like, three years old, four years old, multiple times. So the religion I was brought up in, you get baptized when you're eight years old. And you, they believe that when you're baptized, all your sins are washed away. So I thought if I get baptized, once I'm baptized, I can't masturbate anymore because now it's a sin for real. Like before it didn't count because it got washed away. So I remember masturbating after and I was like, oh, I got to repent. Like this is, I'm such a bad person. So then Don't I- you have, Didn't you have to like tell the- you, uh, It wasn't like Catholicism okay. where you have- uh, We had like penance. Confession. Yeah. But- there would be, um, you would have like interviews with the heads of the church and they would ask you questions like that. So you would almost have to admit it to, to find out whether you're not, you're worthy to do other things. Did you ever just lie? Yes. And then so it, it encourages but lying. I, I'd also wonder, can they tell him lying? I would like think that they knew somehow. Right. So sometimes you would want to tell the truth because you're like, I don't know. But then you would still lie. It does encourage lying. Encourage lying. Encur- this is exactly what we talked stuff. about with Drew Manning. If you guys yeah. have not listened to his episode a couple of years ago, we like he grew up in the Mormon church and I think it could be like most religions. But he, um, you know, and he said that a lot of his sexual dysfunction and his like desire to be like he, he said he, had, he was addicted to porn. He mm-hmm. cheated on his wife. Like just a lot of that stuff. It feels so illicit when you're not able to, or it's bad to, you know, it just puts it on this weird pedestal where it's like that. It's so illicit. And versus just like sort of normalizing the fact that like you're a human and like you have a, you know, desire to have sex. Yeah. (laughs) Like feel good, whatever. Yeah. So I was born, I was uh, brought up in the Mormon religion too. And so there's that whole, like the sex thing is really interesting. Um, the other piece of it is, and this is what I remember. So if there are things different, if, if some of you are like, no, I'm Mormon and that's not how it is, sure. let me know. Yep. But I basically remember being taught that the, the worst sin of all is murder. And basically second to murder is sex out of wedlock. So that being said, if you were molested, if you were sexually assaulted, if anything had happened to you, whether or not it was your fault, there's a whole lot of shame around mm. that. And I even remember hearing, it was in one of my classes, I might've been eight or nine, hearing about a story and maybe it was the way the teacher explained it. I don't know if it was an actual like religious belief, but maybe it was just a teacher that said this, but it was basically a, a, like a girl had been sexually assaulted or raped or something. And they had said it was almost better 
if somebody had threatened to murder you and they were going to murder you or rape you to let them murder, it was almost better to let them kill you than to let them take advantage of your body. And so if you had any kind of sexual things that happened to you, if you had been molested, if you had anything, and sorry, like probably have to put trigger warning at the beginning of this, but to have something happen to you, suddenly you take that on yourself and then you feel the guilt of it going, I should have fought I should have said mm. no. I should have not let anything happen mm-hmm. to me. I'm better off dead than having this. And wow. now this is a sin next to murder. So I'm definitely going to hell. Mm. And so for me, that had happened. I had um, had been molested by someone in my family. And I felt that shame and that guilt. And then I remember hearing the story going, oh, I should have just, they didn't threaten to kill me. And I let it happen. So I should have fought. And I should have. So then mm. I'm already like disgusting. I'm already ruined. I'm already defiled. So then when I get to like an age where I can't have sex with someone, it's kind of like, well, I'm going to hell anyway. Mm. So I'm here 15 years old having sex. And in my mind, and I was suicidal. And I know you guys might have heard part of this story. And I talk about the adopt the adoption story. And I placed my daughter for adoption. I got pregnant when I was 15. I was in a mental health institute, a mental, mental health place, suicidal. And part of that was because I was like, I'm going to hell. I remember even them talking about suicide is almost next to murder. So at that point, I'm 15 and I'm like, I've already done all the worst things. I might as well be dead. And so for me, that the beliefs there kind of put me in this hole of thinking, there's nothing I can do. I can't get any better. I'm already the worst this is it. My life is over, Mm -hmm. which makes me so, so sad. It makes me so sad for my younger self. It makes Mm -hmm. me so sad for anyone who's gone through something like that, who believes that, who believes they're going to hell for something that they didn't choose, something they didn't do. And because they didn't, didn't know better or because I don't know when, when something like that's happened sexually, whether you're um, manipulated and we all know about grooming and things that, you know, older adults can do to a child. It's not, their fault. There are so many reasons why somebody can't say no, can't fight back, can't do. You just, you protect yourself. Whatever your brain does for you, you protect yourself. And so anyway, for me, a big piece of this, like my unraveling of religion, I think started earlier because of some of these things that I was taught and believed. So I'm suicidal. I'm in this mental health institution. I'm thinking I'm going to hell no matter what. So it doesn't matter. And I've kind of just given up on life. And I just question. I start to question a lot more. I was probably actually 12 when I started to question some of the things because in the Mormon religion, there's a lot of, um, a lot of things that women, like a differentiation between how women are treated Mm. and men are treated. Mm -hmm. And I, I don't know if I was like a 10 year old feminist, but I really was, I was a tomboy for anything. You know, if I was going to say anything, I was more of a tomboy. So there were things that the boys got to do that I didn't, and I thought it was unfair. And that started me questioning things earlier. And so over time, I've had to either, and I, I remember hearing people say this, where in the church, they might accuse someone, well, you just want to sin, so you're leaving. You just mm-hmm. want to choose bad things, so you're leaving. Mm-hmm. And for me, it wasn't wanting to choose bad things, but it was thinking, I'm not accepted here anyway. So I have to go where I am accepted, go where I am loved and go where people, you know, will, I don't know, be okay with me. Mm-hmm. And, I, and I remember having a lot of uh, mental anguish wondering whether or not whatever you believed was true or not. Because when you grow up and everyone around you, all your family members, all your friends have the same beliefs, you do think it's all true. 
And I remember struggling when I was about 18 years old. I moved into my first apartment. I left my house. Part of me turning 18 was my parents said, if you want to stay here, you have to go to church. And I was like, nope, I'm not going to. So I left, moved in with a roommate who was gay. That was a big no-no. And um, my mom didn't talk to me for a number of years. And I remember just constantly thinking, what if they're right? Hmm. What if they are right? And I am going to hell and I don't get to see anyone. And at the same time, I'm like, but here's a really lovely person, like my roommate. He's gay, but he's amazing. He's just so kind. And I remember just thinking, why is he going to hell just because he's gay? And so there was too many things, too many questions I had that didn't make sense and nothing lined up. And I just slowly had to kind of release the grip of some of that stuff. Mm -hmm. And maybe even, to be honest, I probably just got to the point where I was like, well, I guess I am going to hell and I'm just going to have to deal with that because how I feel is I love these people, even though they're sinners and I've done shitty things and I'm a sinner. So I'm just screwed. And I guess I just came to the acceptance of I'm being screwed. I'm going to hell. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and then over time, over the last you know two decades, I've kind of untangled that and I don't feel the guilt and I don't feel like I'm going to hell and I don't feel like that's all true. And maybe, you know, I could be wrong. We could, the, the reality is yeah. where I'm at now is I feel like nobody's right. Nobody knows the whole right answer. Right. Like we maybe have pieces, but not a single person except someone who's dead knows what happens after you die. Right. And we don't have anyone who's dead, who's now alive, who can tell us. Yep. So here we are. We just have to figure it out. You know, I think it is so strange that a religion, oftentimes a religion has to do so much with afterlife. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Like why isn't it about, and I think, you know, people who are really, uh, who are really religious, I think at the core it's always the same goal, which is be a good person. You know, I think like at the core, that's really what it's all about is like, okay, am I a good person? Am I treating people um, the way that I would like to be treated? Am I generous? And, you know, I know some people who are very religious who are the most giving people. I know, especially like in Mormonism, you guys are always come together and like you help one another. So I think there's parts of religion that are really generous and really good. And I think at the core, that's really what, you know, like when I think about Jesus, that's really what it's about. It's like being someone who is generous and treating everyone the same and, you know, being kind and loving and whatever. And I think sometimes I think, it's, I think it's humans that kind of fuck it up. I think that we had this conversation you and I earlier before we turned the mic on that I feel like there's a lot of self-righteousness in religion, this idea that I'm better than. I'm not saying that, again, if you believe you know, and you believe strongly, then don't take this on if you don't feel like that's you. If it's, you know, if it's not you, it's not you. But I felt like for me, I liked the feeling. It did give me a sense of I'm better than, I'm mm -hmm. more moral, I have better, you know, code. And here's the thing is like, I, I am a moral person. Like I do really appreciate in things like integrity and honesty and kindness and generosity. Like those are my core values, but I have arrived at them myself Yeah. at this point. I, I don't need a book to tell me. I don't need some old dude at mass to tell me like, and it's fine. It is what it is. But I think that's where it broke down for me. It was like, how does this person, you know, this uh, priest or this pastor, whoever, how do they know me? Mm. And how can this book that's 2000 years old really inform a way someone can live now? And so I think that's really one of the biggest things for me was how can I come up with a moral compass of my own? Because I do believe that there, you know, there's a, um, 
there is a way to be in the world that respects your fellow humans, yep. that like is kind, that's generous, that's open, that's transparent, that's honest, that has integrity. I just don't think that I need a organized religion to tell me that. I want to talk about, I want to kind of switch to this idea of spirituality because I think like once sometimes when people leave organized religion, they go, well, I'm not, not religious, religious, but I am spiritual. spiritual. Yeah. And for a while I kind of said that uh -huh. too, and I'm, I'm not anymore yeah. either. You know, mm -hmm. and I think to me in, in some ways, I feel like spirituality is just another religion. You know, mm -hmm. if you look at uh, astrology, if you look at tarot readings, whatever, and it's not that this stuff isn't fine and good for people who it makes, I think all of these things help people make sense of the world, whether it is an organized religion or it's astrology or it's tarot readings or it's, you know, fucking ayahuasca, whatever. Right? I think it's all of these quote unquote spiritual things, whether it's organized religion or quote unquote spiritual, that helps people make sense of the world. At the end of the day, that's, it's just a lens. Any of it is a lens. And it's, so when someone's like, oh, I'm not religious, like fuck religion, but also like I do astrology. I'm like, it's the same shit. Yeah. Right. Like you read tarot cards, the same shit. Right. But I agree that it helps people. It gives people parameters. Oh, you're a, I mean, I don't know. I go to my gal who does my waxing and she's like, what's your sign? Right. Like, uh, like, and we do that. We do the same thing with like Myers-Briggs. It's all the same yep. shit, right? We just want shit to feel organized. And I think at the end of the day, that's how I see religion. It helps people who maybe don't have their own moral compass adopt one. Same thing with astrology. Same thing with the Myers-Briggs, with the, what's the, the strengths finder? What's the, the, uh, human design, right? Yep. Enneagram. Like it's all the same stuff. I don't know that one is better than the other. I think at the end of the day, you always need to filter anyone's beliefs or any sort of like idea about organization, like organizing the world through your own sense of like, does this make sense to me? And who do I want to be in the world? And I think I feel lucky f that you and I went through what we did in our marriages because that completely changed my relationship to honesty, integrity, things like that, that I hadn't really thought about. Yeah. I do feel objectively like a better human because I went through all of that. And I have arrived at a way of acting in the world that makes sense for me. And it wasn't because a book told me. Yeah, I was going to say, it's super interesting you brought that up because how honesty, betrayal, lies, all of that shows up. It's not that, it was almost like a lesson that needed to be taught in a practical way versus just a book saying, thou shall not lie. Like why, right. why not right. lie? Yeah. But there's like this, okay, I can see why lying is hurtful and yep. painful, yep. but I don't think people do or don't do things because it's a law or a rule. Like, you know, we right. know people will still, whether or not there's punishments, you know, we know there's punishments for breaking the laws. We know there's punishments for stealing. There's felonies. We know there's punishment for, for rape. We know there's punishment for murder and yet people still do it. Right. So it's not about whether something's, yeah, it's, it's not the concept. It's uh, like external it has to be a personal internal. belief, internalized. They have to say, you know what, this is wrong because it's wrong because I think so. Not because the church told me it's wrong right. or because yep. a law told me it was wrong. Right. I don't think laws change for the most part, a bad person for making a decision going, oh, I was going to kill someone, but because it gets like a law, <laughs> you know what? I'm not going to kill them today. Right. You know, I just don't think that's, it's Let not Let me ask you things. this. Do you feel like, um, uh, like your experience with more like spirituality, like, do you feel like quote unquote things happen for a reason? Like, cause mm. there's this whole discussion we could have around like quantum physics where yeah. it's like the law of attraction, right? Law of attraction. Do we manifest 
do we manifest based on energy? I mean, I guess when I think of spirituality, I think some of that kind of stuff yeah. too, but it's not magic. I think sometimes yeah. people go so far. I know you have a little beef with the manifestation community. <laughs> yeah. It's, a, we've done actually episodes on this, but I feel like sometimes it, people take it too far. They're like, I just think, and then you become scared of thinking negative thoughts. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Same thing. Yep. Different outfit. I used to, when you said, and I was like saying it at the same time of you, cause I get it. Like I'm not religious. I'm spiritual. I definitely went down that route for about, although I don't even know if I actually was spiritual. I just almost felt guilty for not being religious anymore, maybe. Right. So I still wasn't like out with being completely out of the religion. I think for a long time, and maybe someone who's kind of in the middle of this, maybe they're still pulling out of religion. There's this like a middle phase where you're scared to not be there, but you're scared. To, you don't want to be in it. You don't want to be in it, but you're right. scared to be out. And maybe it's like that leaving a bad relationship too. I don't know. But I kind of feel like it is leaving an abusive relationship or, a, you right. know, a weird relationship. Um, but I I remember reading or I listened to the tapes, actually. They were tapes, not even CDs. But it was Earl Nightingale, uh, The Strangest Secret. And The Strangest Secret was before the movie The Secret came out. And The Strangest Secret was basically The Secret. And it was about thoughts become things and, and how you can manifest. And while I do believe, for the most part, there's been so many things in my life that I'm like, I didn't manifest that shit. So for example, I, I mentioned this a couple times and didn't go into it a lot, but I got robbed in October and I was in Mexico and somebody took all my shit and then it happened again a couple days later. And I was talking to a girlfriend of mine who is kind of more on the spiritual side. And she was like, basically she kind of was like, well, what, you know, what, what did lesson? You do, yeah. did, what lesson do you need to learn, and what did you do to bring this in? And I'm like, call into your life, bitch. Yeah. I did not want this. There's nothing. There's no lesson. My, and it, it's not even a lesson of like lock your doors because everything we had, <laughs> uh, cameras. There was a security guard. There was a wall around. The doors were locked. All of the things that could have been done. So I'm like, there's not even a lesson of, oh, you could have been more. You were like, I don't know. Too trusting. Too trusting. Yeah. You were leaving things open. None of those things. And I and I think that's also very harmful to people who yes. who have had who've been victimized yes. in a crime. Like you've been robbed, raped, mugged, hurt. To to say to someone, what did you do that attracted this? It's like that's bullshit. Yeah. And so and that can bring on additional shame. You're like, totally. cause then you're like, I don't know what I did to bring on this. Yeah. How can I prevent it in the future? I guess I'm fucked. It's the yes. same thing, different outfit. Yes. So while I do in, in some places believe we do attract certain things, like I laugh and we've talked about this where, you know, some of our insecurities manifest, like, you know, I was insecure about my forehead. And then I got this comment on YouTube saying my forehead, like could show a drive, drive in movie <laughs> and like, you know, Jill's dog, how she was insecure about the dog. And somebody made a comment about how she's not a good dog owner. Like sometimes I think we do just manifest these things, but I don't truly believe that we manifest all the shitty things. No, nope. You know, I look at cancer. It's been a big theme. Yeah. My mom and Jill's mother-in-law and our friend's dad and her friend's dad, like four people in the last year. And I'm like, did they have these thoughts that manifested that for them? Or it's just some things I think, I think there's, I think there's maybe a piece for me lately and just saying that I just don't know. Yeah. And I've actually gotten to a little bit of an argument with Jeff not too long ago, maybe like two years ago. Um, cause he came out of a very, uh, heavy religion too. And also was a pastor and really into it. And so I think he's still going through his own kind of deconstruction type of thing. 
And he said he, you know, he has a hard time with people who just don't question, you know, you should be searching and don't you want to know? And I said, I think there's a difference. So like Jill's point earlier of people just accepting without questioning, there was something I always felt about my mom versus my dad, where my dad, I think did a lot of questioning and he came to his own belief with the church versus my mom. I just felt accepted blindly. Um, and, and I didn't have as much respect for her for that. Mm. However, that being said, like, you know, you can question and then come to your own conclusions. But also, um, so the thing that I was saying to Jeff was, I'm like, I just can accept that I just don't know the answer. Yeah. I don't think I'll ever know. I don't and think. And how could you know? Right. I think that's at the end of the day, like, how could you know? I'm like, I don't think I'll ever know. I am okay with that. I'm okay with saying I don't, I'm okay with saying I don't know. I'm okay with saying, I think this could be a thing, but I have no idea. And he was like, but don't you want to know? And don't you want to keep, um, seeking. I was like, no, I don't, because I don't think I'll find the answer. So what's the, like, what's the point of seeking? I mean, and at the end of the day, I think especially, you know, you and I being 40 now, like, I don't know, you just go through so much and you just go, I I know who I am Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and I know what makes me feel good as a person and being a shitty person doesn't make me feel good. Yeah. I want to be a good person. I want to tell the truth because it's the right thing to do. I want to have integrity. I want to act with integrity because it's the right thing to do. I want to not kill somebody because (laughs) it's the right Right. thing to do because I don't want to do that. And I think for a lot of people, they never maybe get to the point where they have derived a code of ethics themselves or like an honor code of some kind. And the reason why it's important, and you know, we haven't had Jade on the podcast uh, to talk about this specific thing, but one of his big things in uh, my ex-husband's book is called Next Level Human. And one of the things that he encourages people to do is come up with their own sort of code of ethics, their own honor code. And I think so many of us don't take the time to do that. So like, well, like what's the utility of it, right? But the utility is when you say I'm someone who values honesty, integrity, generosity, and then there's an opportunity in your life. You and I were talking about at lunch, an opportunity. Like when there's an opportunity to be that person, you go, well, I'm going to do that. That's how I'm going to make my decision because I said that I'm someone who's in their integrity. And it's not always easy, but when you commit to that, it helps inform your decisions. It almost like, and I think that's why people like religion, right? It's a code of ethics. Yeah. It's, I know it informs my decisions. I just would encourage someone at this age and where I'm at with everything, I would encourage someone to figure out truly, and this is a self-awareness thing, but like truly what is important to you. And one of the things we actually mentioned in another episode, um, Jade actually talked about this and they have a book called Next Level Tribe, him and Danny Coleman. And one of this is identifying your values. And for some people, it's hard to identify their values. So instead, he said, start with your anti-values. Mm. What do you not value? So when you say, I don't value lying, then that automatically means that one of your values is honesty. So sometimes we don't know what we stand for until we know what we don't stand for. Like, oh, I don't. And oftentimes it's because we have someone in our life who's like, that person is a liar. That person is, you know, sleazy or that person is fake or phony. And so then if I say that, like, I don't like someone in my life because they're being a fake or they're phony, then I know, like, that authenticity is one of my values. And if there's an opportunity to be authentic or to be fake or to lie about something, I'm going to be authentic. And so I think it's, I do think it is important. I think this is why so many people cling to religion, because it gives them a sense of safety. If I just act by these parameters and I act within this rule book that, I mean, I think the promise is like go to heaven or be there with Jesus or whatever. Um, But I think it's possible to just act 
be a good person without someone else having to tell you that. And I yeah. think that takes a good amount of introspection and self-awareness and whatever, which is, you know, and honestly podcasts like this where we're, we're having these conversations. I always respect someone's religious beliefs. And I think you do too. If someone's like, Hey, this is, we have a friend of ours who like does Bible study and like whatever and listen and like, and that's a big thing for her. I would never say to her like, Oh, you need that. No, that's bullshit. Right. Or whatever. Cause that has meaning for her. Yeah. Just like astrology has meaning for someone else. Just like, you know, uh, Enneagram has, has meaning for someone else. And so I think at the end of the day, we all are, um, we all have a right to our own lens. Yeah. I like it. I actually had a, a math teacher in 10th grade and I don't know why he stepped across this line cause he was a math teacher, but he, I don't know what religion he was, but he said to the class, he said, basically for him, it was better to believe just in case. Mm. So he's like, what if you die? And if I believe in God eh, or Jesus or whatever, and I die, then I win and I go to heaven. But if I don't, uh, then I go to hell. So it was almost like this insurance plan. So he's like, if there's nothing, then cool, whatever. You just die and it's nothing. But if you die and there is something, then you're better off believing because you can still make it to heaven. So it was kind of the, and I'm like, yes, it makes sense. But it doesn't take into account the negative sides (laughs) of following those rules, right? The sexual shame, the like, you know, all those kind of things. So there's, there's so many weird loopholes and thought, uh, I don't want to say thought experiments, but like kind of almost like brain aerobics to, to go through with religion. And for me, and the kind of like my point to Jeff was, I can't know, you know, I, it's almost like I cannot see in uh, like ultrasound waves or x-rays. Like we know they're there. We know you can put on some kind of night goggles and it sees in a different kind of vision. But I think there's certain things that are outside of the realm of human capability to even understand. And so for me, I really think that even if I tried, my human brain is not going to understand the same way that I couldn't see have night vision the same way that I can't see x-rays with my own eyes except without you know special kind of cameras that take x-rays the same way that I can't uh see sonar you know that like we use these kind of waves we use sonar waves we use all kinds of like different kinds of light and we know that there's different uh wavelengths for hearing and for seeing but there's my eyes only see certain wavelengths my ears only hear certain wavelengths I do believe there's some other things out there that I just cannot uh, perceive because my human existence doesn't allow me to have that perception. Dogs have a different perception in their hearing and their smelling and their vision that I can't see or understand. And so I just, for me, I've just, it's not that I've given up or that I don't question, but it's just like, how is it helping me or hurting me? And if it's not making my life better for me, that doesn't, doesn't, feel like it's worth my time to consistently try to find answers that Mm -hmm. I don't think I'll even ever be able to find the answer to until I die. Mm -hmm. And then it's too late. You know, it is what it is when you're dead. It's (laughs) so so funny. I just never think about that. No, I don't. I I personally never think about after I die. Like I literally am just like, it's over. Everything's over, you know? And like, who knows? I mean, and that's the thing is no one can really know. But I think that a lot of people take a take solace in their relationship to God, right? Mm-hmm. I think that's a big thing. Like when we see people win awards at sh- like at award shows, they're like, "I thank God. I couldn't do this without Jesus. I couldn't do this my without God." And I guess I I like that the idea that like someone has your back. I guess I just see it as I have my back. 
You know what I mean? Like, I don't say like I'm God or I'm Jesus, but I'm like, when you don't, I don't feel like you have to look outside yourself for someone to support you. Right. We've all heard that, that poem that's like, you know, two, what's it? Two footprints walking on the beach. And then there's only one. It's like, why did you forsake me? Why did you leave me when I need you? It's like, that's when I carried you. Yeah. I don't know. I guess at the end of the day, and I, I, if you're feeling at all some kind of way about this conversation right now, I think for me, I go, I have my back. Like at the end of the day, like I'm the one who creates safety, who carries myself, who like, and I find a lot more empowerment and Mm -hmm. a sense of, um, power in thinking that. And so then I just manifest that. Right. So if I think that that's my belief is like, I got this, then I don't feel like, Oh, I have to make sure Jesus is with me or else I can't do life. And I think that at the end, that's sort of like my, the last thing I'll add here about yeah. that. Cause I think, I mean, I think some people do go like, well, you know, I do have Jesus on my side so I can do this. And I'm like, well, I have my level of self trust yeah. or my whatever on my side so I can do this. Yep. I feel like, uh, one last thing that was interesting to me when this happened. So my mom just passed away like seven months ago and I thought that would make me maybe more spiritual, more religious. And in fact, it made me less. So I think I had certain beliefs about, and maybe, and this was something that's new to me because this hadn't happened in my life. And I, I've lost people before. I had a friend who passed away in 2003 and, um, I've had many people who've died in my life, but only a few close. Um, but I had beliefs about where they went after they died or if they're still with you or, you know, those kind of things where you just have mm-hmm. this, like, they're still here or they're watching over yeah. or something. But until my mom died, uh, I guess I thought maybe there was this place they went or they were near, but I'll tell you, I haven't felt her. I haven't heard her. I haven't talked to her. I haven't had any of that. And it's been one of these, like, she ain't here, you know? And, and it's weird because I was just telling Joe, my dad has kind of gone on an opposite. He's like, I talk to her every night. And I'm like, do you though? It, like, why isn't she talking to me? Or so it's when you lose mm. someone too, it can maybe, and maybe this is just grief. I don't know. And I do really think that religion helps people get through the loss of others. Mm-hmm. Like that's a comfort. I know mm-hmm. many people who've mm-hmm. lost their, their children, their spouse, whoever, and that's what helps them. They're like, they're with me. They're waiting for me. They're watching mm-hmm. me. They're my guardian angel. They're here. And, and maybe you do feel them. And I, I wouldn't take that away from you or say, no, you don't. It's just, a, you're making that up. But I will say that it changed things for me. It made me uh, even as much as I might've thought I was spiritual before, I want to say it made me less so. Mm-hmm. And I didn't expect that. Yeah. And I think that I've seen people go the opposite where some losing someone makes them more spiritual goes down the other path. A friend of mine, she lost her son and she's definitely went way more spiritual, way more down the path of God and belief in that. I think death changes things for a lot of people. It can make you go one way or another. And it was interesting to me how that's shifted for me. Um, it was surprising to me that I, f- I have felt a little less connected, more disconnected uh, to the overall picture since losing my mom. And I, you know, I'd be curious to hear people's stories here too on how they feel if that helped, if that changed for them, made them more spiritual, more religious, less spiritual, less religious, but just my own experience, it, it did shift things for me in a way I didn't expect. And, you know, and I just, I don't like back to Jill's point. I don't really think about it for the most part, my day to day, I'm not thinking about what happens when I die. Where do I go? What's going on? Am I going to hell? Am I, am I going to heaven? Am I, the decisions I'm making, I'm not basing it on that. I'm basing that on, 
how do I help other people feel? How do I myself feel about this? Who can I live with when I put my head down at night? And who do I want to be? And ultimately, like knock on wood, if there is a God who's sitting there judging us and keeping track of everything, that God knows that I was a good person who did things because of how I decided to be and I wanted to be good and I made right decisions, not because, and I would like to think this, that if there was like a God or someone who's judging, I would rather, like, let's say, let's say God as heaven, like heaven's like the club you get into. I would rather the person get into my club because they did the thing they wanted to versus like just because it was a rule that they couldn't do it. Like, did you not kill people because you didn't want to kill people or just because you're like, well, it was a rule. So I wanted to kill this motherfucker and I had a knife to his head, but I was like, (laughs) never mind. And I put it down. I would just want the person who just in their heart had the feeling, you know? Yeah. No, it's such a good discussion. This took a lot of turns. I I think this is a great, no, but it was (laughs) good because I haven't really thought about this. Like I was kind of like, oh, like I haven't really thought about this in this way in a long time. And so I really appreciated the question. And obviously we went sort of all over the board and I think, you know, we would definitely be interested in how you guys see things. And again, this is a question about Danny and I, like this person asked like our sort of evolution of our religion and spiritual beliefs. And I feel at least that I feel like it's run the gamut. Both of us have been both very spiritual and also very religious and then also not. And so hopefully this conversation was interesting to you guys, maybe made you think a little bit, but if you're listening to this and going like, that's not true or like, that's not true for me or whatever, then like, you're amazing. Then just what you're doing is working for you then keep doing it. It's not, and we're not to say one way is better than the other. If you have a really strong religious belief, you have a strong relationship with God and that's important to you, then fuck yeah, go for it. And so I just wanted to put that caveat there, but I really appreciate this question. And uh, yeah, it was a fun conversation. It was. So anyway, happy Easter. I'll find some eggs. Happy Easter. Let's go eat some chocolate. (laughs) All right, y'all. Thank you so much for being here and we will see you on the next episode. All right. Bye bye. guys. (laughs) 